Hi, I'm Ethan. I love muzzleloading. Today, I'm talking with Aaron Olger, the Vice President of Sales and Marketing at Hajin Powder. As many of you know, Hajin has announced earlier this week that they are going to be closing down the GoX facility and have begun looking at selling the GoX brand. This includes the old Ainsford sub-brand and all of the GoX traditional black powder that GoX under Hodgden produced. This has been kind of crushing news for a lot of people. There's been a lot of speculation, a lot of rumors about this. You'll hear in the show, but I'm appreciative of Aaron for coming on to answer some of the questions uh, that I have and that you have about this transition, why it's happening, where it's going, and and what they're looking at as a timeline and kind of a future for GoX. I think for many of us, we saw GoX as the main go-to traditional black powder here in the United States. It kind of seemed like they were the market leader for us here. There are other powder brands out there, but GoX has always been an American company, it seems like. And, um, you know, after a really rough couple years, I think for everybody, socially and economically, this was kind of a hard blow that muzzleloaders all around weren't expecting. But, you know, after having this conversation, you know, I, I am hopeful. I think the first day, the first evening when I saw the press release, I was I was frustrated and I didn't really know what was going on. And I hope that hearing this information from Aaron, you know, from straight from the horse's mouth here, so to speak, of, of some of the facts that he has laid out here about it, the reasonings behind it, and his hope for the transition of GoX into a passionate muzzleloading and black powder enthusiast's hands here. I, I don't think that we need to plan for muzzleloading Armageddon. We don't need to panic by everything. Hopefully we can go through this time next year. We look back on this time as, hey, it was kind of spooky, but everything's okay. We're still shooting our muzzleloaders. We're still enjoying this and uh, and everything's okay. My name is Aaron Olger. I'm the vice president of sales and marketing for the Hodgson Powder Company. Uh, as you probably know, Hodgson Powder Company, uh, over the years, we've brought, bought several other brands and licensed brands. So we own, uh, on the smokeless space, we own Hodgson, IMR, um, and then last year we purchased Accurate and Ramshot. Uh, we've also licensed the Winchester brand names. So we, um, we distribute all of those powders under the Hodgson Powder Company um, company level. Um, so that's what we do. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also have a strong presence in the muzzleloader space. So we invented uh, Pyrodex and the first pellet uh, years ago. And so we also manufacture and distribute Pyrodex, uh, 777, IMR White Hots, and now we distribute Blackhorn 209 as well. So we're, we're a really strong player in the smokeless space as well as the muzzleloading space. We've owned the GoX brand for about 12 years. And we recently made a decision to go ahead and wind down operations of that brand. Uh, our our best option is to sell it. So our uh, our preference would be to sell that brand to somebody else who is in the space and is excited about black powder. Uh, we, we think that's a really powerful brand. It's been around for years and years. And it's uh, something that resonates. You know, black powder shooters absolutely are passionate about their sport. And so we want to find a good home for GoX. So uh, while we do own the GoX business currently, we're looking to phase out of that by the end of the year. Yeah. And I think that's uh, really at the minds of a lot of, of muzzleloaders right now. And I think really that's the reason that we've been able to connect is is that decision and kind of the um, the enthusiasts out there, you know, and their questions and concerns about it. Um, you know, not that they're necessarily upset, but I think, um, you know, 
people are kind of wanting to know a little bit more about it. And, and so I, I appreciate you coming on, Aaron, to, to talk about this some. And, and what I'd really like to talk with you about, I think, is, you know, there's a lot of rumors and speculation out there. And, and that's something that I think is really kind of dangerous for us, especially in the muzzleloading space, because we're so small compared to everything else. I mean, we're kind of the little cousin or the old maybe grandpa, I guess, of shooting sports <laughs> over in sure. the corner in the rocking chair. <laughs> and, you know, that's what uh, I love muzzleloading is it, what we're really about is trying to unify and, and, and bring everybody together here so that we can talk about muzzleloading and, and see it through for future generations. Um, and I think when we talked a little bit before the show, you talked about the timeline with the, this decision with GoX. Uh, could you shed a little bit of light on that for us? Just so, you know, the, the, the thought right now that this is kind of a spur of the moment decision, and I think that's generating a lot of the confusion here. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think there have been some harsh, um, I think there have been some harsh feelings. And that's understandable when somebody is really, really passionate about something. Um, and they find out that a supplier or a major player is uh, closing down or going to be selling or something along those lines. I, I think that can generate a lot of, of passion, and sometimes that can lead to harsh feelings, and I understand yeah. that. So uh, as a shooter, I hate this news, right? So we are the gunpowder people. You know, at Hodgson Powder Company, we, we've kind of always used that as our tagline. We're the gunpowder people. So we love gunpowder. We're all about gunpowder, and for us, over the last 12 years as we've owned that brand, the business has changed quite a bit of black powder, um, as well as our smokeless business has really grown. I mentioned we added accurate ramshot and blackhorn 209 mm -hmm. about 12 months ago now. And so our business has really changed. For us, we've been looking over the last uh, you know, several years at what's the right answer for us. And for us is that smokeless and the muzzleloading business has grown. The black powder business, um, is something where it is extremely important to the industry. Uh, but for us, it uh, we need to focus on some of the other areas like smokeless and muzzle loaning. So for us, it was the right business decision to make this decision, try to find another buyer who can focus on black powder mm -hmm. because it's just not the right thing for us to keep owning it at this point because we can't give it the attention that it needs. So while that's the right business decision, we're also shooters at Hodgson, right? So you look around the office and most of us are shooters, we're hand loaders. And so for us, you know, we, we've been using our products for years. You know, I, I've been a GoX customer long before I came to work at GoX. And so for me, that's a, that's a tough thing to have to make that decision, but it's the right business decision for us. And like I said, we're, we're really optimistic that we can find the right buyer who can then take it over and run a great business for them. And then I can still be a customer of GoX. Right. And, and I appreciate that. I mean, it's, I, I can only imagine the kind you know, making that decision, knowing, I mean, you can see the impact already, you know, with what people are, were saying. I mean, I've been talking with some distributors that we're going to have on the show and, you know, there's some, there's some real concerns up, up about it out there. But I, th I think now we're starting to see the conversation shift from absolute doomsday. This is the end to, you know, it's not the end <laughs> and right. th there's some hope. And that's why I appreciate you guys, you know, talking about we want to find somebody that's passionate about this, that can give it the attention. And I hope that person's out there. And that kind of leads into my next question. You know, without naming anybody, are there conversations happening or are we still waiting for those to to start? 
No, those conversations have already started. Wonderful. So we've had uh, multiple entities reach out to us, um, and, and we'll keep having those conversations, right? So several folks have just reached out to try to understand uh, what's the size and scope of the business? You know, what do you think the multiple will be? If, you, if you've ever done a either a sale of a business or a purchase of a business, there's a certain cadence and there's a certain amount of information that you have to go through to find out the right information. Mm-hmm. And we're just following that process right now. So we're open to talking to just about anyone. You know, it isn't something if, uh, if you've never owned a business before, I think it would be hard um, to make this your first purchase, right? So, right. Uh, black powder manufacturing is even more intense than smokeless powder manufacturing in many ways, and it requires a, a level of process and sophistication. The good news is we have some really good folks at uh, at GoX today who I think are going to be able to help through that transition uh, that transition process. So I, I, I'm pretty optimistic that we will find the right buyer. Um, I think the right buyer is out there, and I hope that we can find them in the next several months. Yeah. Kind of going along, I've kind of pulled a a few questions that I've seen come up from people a lot so we can try to address, like I said, some of that speculation. You know, was the the fire that happened earlier this year, was that a deciding factor in all of this? I mean, this has been in discussion for a long time now, but that's something that keeps coming up with people, you know, thinking that that was a major part of this. And I was just curious if you could expand on that. Uh, Yeah, I I would say that um, in in any time you're running a business, um, there are things that you can share and things that you won't share. I won't share the internal deliberations that we have as a company. Right. Um, But certainly when you go through uh, and have an incident like we had earlier this year, those are inherent in running a business that produces um, the products that we do. And we're as safe as we can. We have a great safety record. Uh, while we've owned GoX, uh, we've never had, and uh, to my knowledge, we've never had an employee injury, uh, much less a fatality. And we hear about um, people who own powder plants and, and that's often an outcome. And we've never had that before. And we take a lot of pride in the fact that we um, that we do a, a really good job with our safety record. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is something, that's an experience that we went through. I, I would not say that that was a deciding factor in this, no. Okay. Uh, that's that's yeah, good it, to know. It's really is a, it really is a business decision for us yeah. on where we're going to, where we're going to focus our time and attention. And so with this, you're, you're still, you brought it up, but the, the black powder substitutes, I guess I would call them being your muzzleloading side of the business moving forward. You, you're still continuing to support those, you know, Pyrodex, triple seven and Blackhorn 209 moving forward. Right. Absolutely. And so that business continues to grow. Um, we have seen, uh, We've seen year-over-year increases in that business as uh, as muzzleloading, especially in the last several years, has taken off. We think that that's a, probably a sustainable uh, curve. We've seen a lot of innovation that's happened in the last three or four years mm-hmm. in the muzzleloading space, and that's really something that we haven't seen uh, in the last, call it probably decade. Um, and, and that, for me, is really exciting, right? So it doesn't really matter uh, what the innovation is. We've seen CBA coming out with... Um, with their new long distance rifle, I played around with that. That's a that's a really important innovation for the industry. Mm-hmm. We've seen what Traditions and Federal did with the fire stick system. Yeah, um, that's been really really impressive um, to see that innovation occur. And for us, I think that's an exciting time. You know, we think that we're all competitors, and we are, but at the same time, you know, 
when when something happens in the muzzle loading space and we're in the muzzle loading space, a rising tide lifts all boats, right? For us, that's a really exciting thing. We want innovation in the industry. We want all of us making each other better competitors. And so for us, when we see something like innovation happening, that's a great thing. So we're really excited about what's going on in muzzle loading. Mm-hmm. We have a really great group of brands. Um, you know, I, just like I was using GoX before I got here, I was using um, Pirate X pellets and, and White Hot pellets before I got here. And I've used our loose powder. I've, I've done a lot um, in the muzzle loading space, and I love the product lineup that we have. And I'll put that up against anybody else out there. But um, we're really excited about what's going on in muzzleloading right now. We think we have a great future in that. And and that's one of the things that, that this will free us up. You know, I, I think there's an impression out there that Hodgden is this big uh, corporate uh, parent. And we're really not, right? If you look at our, uh, at our headquarters, for example, we have about uh, 17, 18, 19 people in our headquarters office. So fairly small. Yeah. We have um, we have less than a hundred employees total at Hodgden amongst our our different locations. So we're just not a very big company. And for us, this sale will allow us to really focus on some of those core products and the core business segments that we need to. And muzzle loading is one of the key ones, right? And I, I think we have a great short-term and long-term future in muzzleloading. And as, as much as I appreciate that, I, I still kind of understand the concerns, you know, of the traditional muzzleloaders out there. But, you know, I was curious, is that something that you can share a little bit of, of uh, how big of a, of a demographic is that overall in the muzzleloading, you know, not necessarily in, in all the modern smokeless side of things, but is it, you know, 10%? You know, 5%, 20% of, of muzzle loading is traditional, or is that something that's not really defined? I would say that's something that's not really defined. And, and it's a really interesting business, right? Mm-hmm. So um, I, I've been in the outdoor industry for, uh, I don't know, 17 years or so, I guess. And I came here from uh, basically the wireless uh, industry. So I, I worked for a startup that became one of the big wireless companies. Oh, wow. And and, and in that in that business, it's interesting that you can get lots and lots of data. You can really drill down and find out a lot of information about your customers. The outdoor industry really isn't like that, right? Yeah. And especially when you start looking at the hand loading space, you know, I describe that as a niche of a niche, right? So there's a niche of of the public that are hunters and shooters, and then within that niche, there's another niche that are hand loaders or that are muzzleload shooter muzzleloader hunters or muzzleloader shooters uh there's an even you know smaller group that's black powder cartridge shooters so it's interesting that we have all of these really discrete niches and there's just really not a lot of data about those niches out there so um it it makes it a little bit harder when you're a marketer right it Mm -hmm. makes it a little bit more challenging but um, I, I can't think of a better job that I'd ever want to do. This is something that's certainly a lot more fun and interesting for me. I mean, everybody carries a cell phone, right? But only the cool people shoot black powder cartridge guns or only the cool people get to hunt, right? So for me, this is something that I, you know, I'm a hunter and a fisherman and an outdoorsman, and that's why I work in the outdoor industry. So I guess kind of looking forward as part of the the substitute 
um, and you know with the with Pyrodex triple seven and things. Do you you see a lot of growth with that? Are you seeing more growth with the long range muzzleloading, or are you seeing uh, you know the continued use of you know kind of shorter range, just more hunting in lines, uh, and modern muzzleloaders being kind of the core of that? Because I I'll, I'm really excited about the long range muzzleloaders that are coming out. And kind of going back to the, you know, kind of the tail end of muzzleloading where we got into the Creedmoor matches and things and the English long range muzzleloaders. And I feel like we're kind of rediscovering how far you can shoot with a muzzleloader now. And on the outside looking in, it seems like there's a lot of potential there, especially with Blackhorn and, and the long range muzzleloaders. But there's, you know, every hunting season rolls around and, and all of a sudden everybody's a muzzleloader hunter. <laughs> yeah, and we agree. Um, I, I agree with you absolutely that it does feel a little bit like we're recreating um, uh, all these events all over again, right? So it, there's that saying about there's nothing new under the sun, and it really does feel like it, especially when it comes to muzzleloader. Um, we think, uh, just looking at our sales data um, and, and how we watch the categories, it really is rising across all of the subcategories within muzzleloading. So we've definitely seen uh, an increase in demand for Blackhorn 209 because that's what CBA recommends in their long range muzzleloaders. Um, but we also see, uh, we, we've seen a big increase in demand for pellets and people are probably not using pellets who are doing long range shooting. You know, if you're doing a lot of long range precision shooting, you're probably using powder so that you can really dial in and get to the solution that works best in your firearm. But we see an increase in pellets as well. So for us, we think that muzzleloader hunting interest is way up right now. And that's mm -hmm. something that's pretty exciting for those of us who are passionate about it. Shooting Industry, I think, reported in, in late 2019 or early 2020 that muzzleloading was the second highest growth category for that year. Yeah. And I, yeah, and we're definitely you're seeing we're definitely that. seeing the growth in that. When you talk to, you know, some of the traditional muzzleloading suppliers and, and manufacturers and things, they've just been busy nonstop. And we talk about this growth. It, was there any growth on the GOEX side or, or was it pretty pretty stable and pretty normal to what it has always been? I, I think that it's pretty stable to uh, to up just a little bit. But keep in mind that you know, whenever you're talking to a company who's in a line of business, there are always subsidiary lines, right? Mm -hmm. um, and for us, this what we call sporting or people who are purchasing black powder for sporting use, um, while that may have been up a little bit, category where it is not up, right? So mm -hmm. for us, you know, even even when it is maintaining a certain number, but for us, we see we see big increases on the smokeless side, big increases on the muzzleloader side. As a percentage of the business, that just that just tends to get smaller, right? So, right. again, nothing wrong with that. It's yeah. just that we need to focus where uh, where we can best use the the precious resource of time because that that is probably the most precious resource any business, but especially a small business has is time. And so we want to make sure that we focus on that. So even when the the, uh, the GoX the black powder business is doing you know stable to maybe up just a little bit. Some of the other categories are growing a lot faster than that. Yeah. It's a lot easier to get into um, a modern muzzleloader than it is into a traditional muzzleloader. Not necessarily access, but, you know, the, to my understanding, the legal liability and, and distribution gets very complicated uh, for traditional black powder versus the substitutes. 
Yeah, that is true. I've had hundreds of, of people tell me they got into muzzleloading from an inline, and there's a lot of value in that. No matter where they end up in muzzleloading, if they stick in the modern stuff, it's important. Um, but if they if they transition to the traditional stuff, that's that's important as well. Um, so I appreciate I appreciate that response. Yeah, and you see that across the board, right? I mean, I used to be in the archery business before I came over um, to Hodgden, and I, I like archery hunting, but you know, I, I shot a vertical bow. Um, and then I got to the point where my eyes just weren't picking up, mm-hmm. uh, things the way they used to. And I was having, a, I was having a lot harder time shooting at, you know, 40 yards than I was before. And so I picked up a crossbow, right. And there's a lot of vertical bow guys who would say, oh, you can't shoot a crossbow. I'm sure there's a lot of compound guys who don't think that you should shoot a, a recurve or a recurve guy that doesn't think you should shoot a compound there's always going to be those segments, right? And when I was in the archery industry, I wanted everybody to be buying my products, right. one particular group. And and I think the same thing when I'm in the shooting, you know, when I'm back on the shooting side of the house now is that, you know, I I, I have a Shiloh Sharps uh, rifle that I really like shooting. Um, but I also have a couple of inline muzzle really like shooting as well, right? And I use pellets, but sometimes I'd use powder. And I can switch back and forth and I like everything. Um, some folks are really passionate about what they're doing and want to focus on that. And that's fine, but mm-hmm. I never want to be critical. As long as somebody's doing something that's legal and ethical, I never want to be critical of whatever gets them excited. I think that's a, that's a great sentiment to have. If, if you don't mind sharing, could you um, tell us a little bit about like your first muzzleloader, maybe what got you into, uh, you know, into muzzleloading? Sure. Um, yeah, that's kind of hard to describe, right? So um, <laughs> when I was when I was a little kid, my dad uh, kind of got into muzzleloaders a little bit, and so I played around with them then. Um, and you know that was the old, uh, I believe that first one that he had was a flintlock. So we played around with that a little bit, and then fast forward, um, I grew up as kind of a small game and a bird hunter. Um, so I used to I used to be a big duck hunter, and then we moved. Uh, for work one time and the new location where I moved in was a lot harder to duck hunt and so I ended up starting to uh, deer hunt about uh, I don't know 15 or 20 years ago I guess and so as I got into deer hunting of course I picked up a bow and started um, and started bow hunting but I wanted to extend my season any way I could and so I ended up buying an inline muzzleloader and then I replaced that probably I don't know seven or eight years ago I shot an, an Acura so now I have a traditions rifle. I have a uh, CBA Acura, and I kind of go back and forth between those. And um, yeah, I, I, I like muzzle loading a lot. In fact, I just spent um, I was out in Kansas a week or two ago, I guess. Whenever their season started, I went out to Kansas and did a four day hunt out there uh, with my muzzle loader. And um, I, I like that they have that early season. I wish that we had a little bit cooler weather because sitting in a ground blind oh, yeah. uh, for four days in 90 plus degree heat wasn't a lot of fun. But, um, you know, if it had been a little bit cooler, if I just would have waited a week, they had great weather the next week. That's always how it is, right? Um, so if I just would have waited a week, I think they would have had a lot better weather. And then I would have been a lot cooler and I probably would have seen a lot more deer moving. But, um, yeah, I... I like I said, I'm not a guy who who says my way is the only way. Mm-hmm. I like lots of different ways of hunting, and uh, as long as it's legal and ethical, I'm open to just about anything. Going into, I guess, really the last question I have here is, you know, what can black powder enthusiasts do 
if anything, right now to help find a buyer to get through this transition? Or do you have anything to say, you know, I guess to the people that are out there, you know, really concerned about this, that, you know, everything's going to be okay? <laughs> sure. Yeah, I, I really think it will. Uh, I, I do think it will be okay. Um, I, I do think that this is um, that this is a, uh, a little bit of a um, of a speed bump in the road. And I recognize that. And we recognize that when we made the decision, mm-hmm. um, we've, um, we've tried to get as much powder out there over the last several years as we can. I would say this, that I, I think, especially it doesn't matter if this is on the black powder side or the muzzle loading side or the smokeless side. Um, I, I would like to see us, um, get to the point where we recognize that we don't have to buy everything all the time. Right. So, I love the passion and I love that people want to buy um, the product that they need to keep shooting, but also recognize mm-hmm. that there's a lot of other shooters out there who need that product. And so what I've tried to do, I, you know, I'm the type of guy who collects, I have a lot of pellets and a lot of powder, a lot of smokeless powder, a lot of components for reloading. And I tried to share that where I can, because I hear a lot of people all the time that don't have, they can't find a product that they need. They're going on a hunt and they need a you know 270 bullet or they need a, you know, whatever, you know, they need rifle primers. And, and if I can share that, I will. I think that the whole industry, you know, all of us that are passionate, we need to help somebody else out, right? Because somebody helped us out to get here. So I would say, first of all, be a good human being, right? That let, let's just help each other as we kind of get through this time. Yeah. And the second thing would be, like I said, I'm very optimistic. I think the buyer is out there. And I think that there's a lot of passion around black powder uh, shooters. And, you know, some of those folks have money. So if, if there's a person out there who, who you know, has a rich uncle or has somebody that um, that is willing to bankroll an effort like that, reach out to Hodgson. We'd like to talk to you. So, you know, we're talking to companies already or other individuals that are interested in buying GoX. But, um, you know, I think the more folks that we have, the better. So if you think that, um, that you're really interested, if you have a business background, you've run businesses before, you have the right funding, you know, to purchase a company, um, we, we'd love to talk to you. So, uh, like I said, I'm sure that buyer is out there. We're just trying to make sure that we find them. Well, Aaron, once again, thank you very much uh, for coming on and, and talking with me. Is there anything else that you'd like to share before we kind of close out the the episode here, you know, with anybody out there listening? Yeah, I would just say this. I really appreciate the invitation to come on your podcast. Um, at, at Hodgden, you know, like I said, there's not a lot of us and we work really, really hard. Um, but I'm always happy to come on uh, and do podcasts like yours, and I appreciate the invitation to come on. We uh, we are a small company, but we're working really hard to get as much product out there as we can, um, especially for GoX right now. We're doing everything that we can to find the right buyer, and I just hope that we have the, uh, the uh, confidence of the consumer that we're going to do the right thing for the business. We will find that buyer out there, um, and, and we will do the right thing because we want – we, we care about the shooters because we are shooters ourselves. We want to find the right buyer, and we're doing everything we can to do that. I'd like to thank Aaron again for coming on the show and, and, and talking to me when um, we first started conversing via email, I think, uh, and, and eventually talked on the phone. I think my voice cracked a few times. Uh, you know, talking to somebody from Hodgden, it felt like, uh, you know, you're talking to kind of the grand poobah of things. You know, so um, for for Aaron to come on and and talk to me here, I, I can't thank him enough. This is, you know, if you if you're a new listener or a long time listener here, this is a passion project. This is something I wake up at five in the morning and uh, every day, 
to wake up and work on to, to share some muzzleloading news and information out there for you um, so that we can keep this sport alive into another generation. And there's a lot of concerns about that right now in muzzleloading, and I think this news you know, can kind of contribute to that or amplify those feelings, but I don't know that it necessarily has to. I think that, uh, again, if we're patient and we see this through and we're supportive of whoever picks up GoX down the road here, we can continue to push muzzleloading and uh, continue the support for the history and the tradition of traditional black powder shooting. I think it's important, you know, even though Hajin is selling GoX and the traditional muzzleloading side of their business here, their dedication to the muzzleloading community in the modern aspect of it continues, uh, which I think is good. We talked about that a little bit in the episode here that, um, you know, a lot of people get into muzzleloading on the modern side of it. It's easy to get a hold of the materials. It's uh, a little simpler to deal with. And, um, and it, you know, that hooks them into muzzleloading. And, and really, that's what it's about. And if they you know, travel back in time a little bit with some of us and get into some of the side locks and the traditional and, and even farther back into the wheel lock and the match lock muzzleloaders, that's great. As long as we are seeing people loading from the muzzle, I'm a happy camper. So, you know, I'd like to thank Aaron and Hodgden for being willing to talk to a small podcast like we are. And, um, you know, and I, I appreciate their continued support for muzzleloading. I am bummed. You know, this is this is some news that I didn't really expect to hear. But, you know, I think knowing that they are talking and in communication now with several potential buyers and uh, and they're still looking to talk to more people about this to make sure they find the right hands to pass GoX into, I think that is that's really important. Uh, I think it could be just as easy. We've seen it a ton with other businesses where a company says, you know, we're done. It's over. We're closing the doors. There's no support. We don't care. Um, you know, so Hodgden taking that extra effort and, and wanting to make sure this gets handed off to good hands. I think I think it means a lot. And, um, you know, as much patience as we can give them at this time, there's it doesn't do any good for us to get angry and upset about it. That's just me talking. That's in no way related to Hodgin at all. Like I said, I was I was pretty frustrated and, and didn't really know what was going on early on. Now we're a couple of days away from it. I think we're still, you know, many of us are still concerned about the impacts that this could have um, and how other manufacturers and distributors look at the traditional black powder market with a Titan like Hodgden kind of exiting here and the traditional side of things. But, you know, that's something that we have to take day by day here. And uh, I think as long as we're enthusiastic about what we love about muzzleloading, I think there will always be businesses, business people, and inventors, manufacturers, designers that care about muzzleloading will be there to support us and, uh, and keep, everybody, keep everybody shooting and loading from the muzzle. Once again, I'm Ethan. I love muzzleloading. If you want to learn more about this or anything else related to muzzleloading, you can check out ilovemuzzleloading.com. In business, you rarely hear the expression for life. You make a purchase for a product, for a service, and, and there's, a, there's a time frame there. Well, that's not the case with Awaken 180 weight loss. Allow me to explain. You know, a year ago, I started with Awaken 180 weight loss and had incredible success losing weight. But you can lose all the weight in the world and not keep it off. And what good is it? That's why I have support for life from Awaken 180. Yeah. I mean, 
I go back for check-ins and make sure everything's going smoothly. But if I ever had a problem, the counselors are there to get me back on track. Why don't you do what I did and call for a consultation? 844-346-1800. 844-346-1800. Or go to awaken180weightloss.com. 